One, two, three. Harold and Brad. Windy City Filmmakers. Harold and Brad. Windy City Filmmakers. Harold and Brad. Also, they had to pay off. They had to pay off the gangs that were on that street. By the way, we were. <laughs> so they had to. Do I? I shouldn't say this. Uh, yeah, Disney. They had to pay off the the gangs to make peace. Hey, I, I, I've heard of those stories before right. up here in Chicago. You know, yeah. yeah. So hey, it happens. Yeah. That's powerful, man. That's powerful, right? They said on their porch, though, there were people on their porch right. with colors. I won't say, you know, what they were, anything, you know, that which gangs and stuff, but with colors, you could see them. Yeah. And they're watching this scene from history play out in front of their eyes, too. Yeah. And I would love to know what they were thinking in this moment. They were thinking. Right. Yeah. That's powerful, man. Yeah. 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 I'm about to ask along those lines. Uh, along with that, was were there other performances and actors and artists that really influenced you to want to become an actor and, and get in, and get into the field? So I, I never in my whole life have ever been able to sleep. My mom said I was a terrible sleeper. <laughs> right. Never been able to see insomniac. So some point she just broke down and gave me a TV. Right? right. So I could have a little TV in my room, and I would watch all these old. Um, old shows and stuff like I was watching stuff that like my grandparents used to watch like all the old TV shows right right and laughing I would watch laughing like that stuff that was way before my time right, right. that was something from the 70s and you know and I loved it I loved the comedy from that I loved how they were dealing they actually dealt with a lot of social issues on laughing through comedy for example <laughs> And then they started running Nick at Night. They started running Saturday Night Live. The first one. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you want to talk about making an impression upon me with improvisation, with comedy. Right. With with that sort of thing. That that really changed my life, too. Watching all those old Saturday Night Live reruns come on. Uh, and me, you know, just soaking it in. I was from Little Rock, Arkansas, a smaller town. And. You know, I just was like, what? What people can do this? Like, what is this? Like, we're so inspired. Um, I can give you the best, you know, of course, like, I, you know, David Mamet. I mean, I, I can give you some of these names, but like, uh, you know, that was sort of like the older answer. I feel like our lives, as I've gotten older, our lives have changed and stuff. I mean, of course, right. David Mamet was one of the most influential playwrights to me because I didn't know you could say the F word in a play. <laughs> I, I, I didn't see that kind of theater growing up. You know, I didn't know that stuff. But, you know, when we were at, Brad, when we were at DePaul, I kept a list of all the plays that we went to that I went to see. Right. Uh, yeah. um, plays and operas and things. We went to see 100 plays a year. So Man. in three years, I saw 300 wow. shows. Right. And, and that the sheer volume of that. You know, 50% of them, like, I couldn't tell you the names of, I couldn't tell you the actors of, but just the sheer, like, getting hit in the face with theater every night. Sometimes we go to two shows in a day. Like, that that was what was influential, to get it in my bones, to get it, to get that. It's empathy. I mean, theater teaches you empathy. Right. So to get that empathy from it into my bones, that was that was what was the most influential thing to me, was watching 300 shows in three years.
so talk about your stand-up because you're a funny guy. I mean, I can I can see it coming out of your pores right now. I'm over here laughing to myself quietly at things. You know, I'm going to tell you a secret. <laughs> I have never, ever done stand-up in my life. I, I've never done it. I don't know why. I've been doing more of the improvisation stuff. Um, I never did stand-up. And um, I, I don't know why I'm scared of it. I'm, right. I'm not scared of anything else. I can perform in front of, you know, whatever, thousands of people. Whatever. It doesn't scare me. But for some reason, stand-up did. It always did because of the hecklers, right? I would right. go to New York. I, I, I worked in New York in Soho and then down in the village when I lived there for about five years. And we'd go see these comics down in the basements of these places and Oh man, the hecklers would just rip them, you know. And, and I'm just like, I don't like how mean this is. <laughs> and, and, and I and some of these New York comics were mean to the audience too. Like they were coming in, you know, terrorizing the audience. Um, <laughs> LA, LA stand up is so much calmer. It's so much. It's so much more self uh, uh, negating than it is like trying to attack the audience. So what? I think I just got scared off. So so you know from from it. <laughs> Well, well, let me say this. Uh, you know, I teach the acting on camera with Second City yeah. and um, I take classes. And one of the classes that I was scared to take that I did was to stand up one. Right. And so we had to go do open mics once a week, eight weeks. Oh. And that was I was horrified. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Horrified. But I oh. did it because it was for the class. Yeah. And once that was over, I was like, I'm never taking stand up again. I'm taking other <laughs> classes, but never stand up. I did a great job at the student showcase. Because good, did, yeah. yeah. But eight weeks later, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I, there's no other electives that. So I took stand up too. And the young lady says, well, you don't have to do an open mic. I was like, I'm there. <laughs> yeah. And, and went and did the class and uh, uh, killed the the uh, showcase. And that's, that's on YouTube. Too. That's on YouTube. You have to check it out. <laughs> All right. But yeah, it's a scary thing. But it can be done. It's a scary thing because to be self-deprecating, that's what I was trying to think of earlier. To be right. self-deprecating, for example, you have to have confidence in yourself. and You have to have that ego to be able to make fun of yourself or to talk about, you know, what's going on in your relationship, to be vulnerable. And um, I think that was something that was all, I mean, you're just bare, laid bare on stage like that. Right. right? When you, you know, and I was always, I always liked someone else giving me lines. Let me, let me do those yes. when I was bare my soul yes. in those lines, right? And so you're on stand up talking about your own life, you know. Yes. Maybe I will. Maybe we will get out of this. So now I have a kid. I have so much more material. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And this little boy just just last week, let me tell you a stand up bit right now. <laughs> I changed his diaper, right? right? And after I changed his diaper, can I cuss, Brad? Can I just yeah. cuss? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Let me, I had shit in my mustache. How did I have shit in my mustache from this kid? I don't know how it happened. The doctor's down here, my hand's down here. I go into the bathroom. What is that smell? And I look and I have it on my nose. I was disgusted. Being a dad is disgusting. <laughs> Man, it's just so tripped out, man. This is a side note. This how, you know, like, you know, life has changed. Yeah. But, you know, being like being in grad school and going to acting classes together, then like, hey, what are we going to get for lunch? Going to lunch, right? And now, like, you're a father, man. It's dope. Mary got a kid. That's fantastic, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I hope my mom keeps paying this woman to keep married to me because I'm the is. No, I, uh, I feel very lucky. My wife is a cinematographer. Her name is. Oh, Lisa. nice. 
and and she um, she's great and she's brought this whole other level to us to start a production company here and, and we're going back to creating our own art like my wife and I um, been married now for three years right and um, started our production company thank you bef- even before we got married right uh, our first film that we shot our first feature film that we shot together that I directed and and she she was director of photography um, it's actually just got distribution. Um, we're going to be coming out in March um, yeah. called After the End. After the and, End. Uh, nice. Yeah, it was, it's, it was about a pandemic. Who would have thought? <laughs> when we shot this thing, <laughs> we literally, <laughs> I showed them someone the trailer, right? Yeah. Someone said, what is a pandemic? No one in America is going to buy this. No one's going to, this is dumb. Like no one cares about a pandemic. No one knows what that word is. Get out of get out of here! You know, like, right, right. Rejection, right? And then around March or April, you know, hey, uh, you got this thing about a pandemic, I hear. You know, like, oh, oh, you know, because now our world has changed. There is a toilet paper joke in this film because right. the man didn't have any toilet paper, and he finds some. This kid finds some in, in a in a, uh, a gas station bathroom. Wow! And and uh, and yeah, even me as the director, I didn't quite get the joke. Now I get the joke. I get the joke, really, because we're, <laughs> no, we're, we're all running out of toilet paper again around here. So. Oh, my goodness. Hey. Go ahead and talk about um, your film uh, more if you can and talk about uh, transitioning into becoming a filmmaker, writing okay. and directing. I think that for... For me, it did come down to expanding my world more than just being an actor. Right. And we talk about diversifying our portfolio in, in, in money. Like, well, don't put all your money in stocks and stocks, put some in bonds, put some in this over there, put some in gold, whatever. But us as artists, we, we, we are told, if you're gonna be an actor, you have to go to this program and you better focus on, I mean, they told us don't do film and TV. I remember that lecture that you got to do theater. You got to be respected as a theater actor. You do not do film or TV. And I believed it. I I think I believed it too much. Oh, and don't do commercials. That's what they told us. Um, Let me tell you, when I got my first commercial residual, (laughs) that was the last I listened about that. I don't remember. What, I don't know what my first commercial was, but I tell you that I did a, a Wendy's commercial. Right. Where I was a, a pepper, a hot ghost pepper. <laughs> I looked, I looked like the biggest, dumbest a-hole in town, but I bought my wife's engagement ring from that Wendy's commercial. Wendy's dressing up like an a-hole paid some bills. For yeah. real, real money. And I, I couldn't believe that money. I was shocked and 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 so grateful. Um, so as things started to change for me, once I moved to Los Angeles, I lived in New York for five years. Once I moved to Los Angeles, um, as things started to evolve, I had I, I had a little bit of that diversifying thing in mind. Right. If I'm going to survive out here, I can't wait for the phone to ring. I can't True. wait for my agent just to call. Yeah. I can't wait for that audition just to come in. I've got to pick up the camera. We've got to write, produce, direct, whatever it takes and make our own stuff and get people to watch it, get people to talk about it. Get, you know, get, get people excited about it. Uh, and it's not just about an audience. It's about getting other artists to work with you, get, you know, and taking every opportunity you can 
to chat with people, to get to know them, to, to get to know their story. Right. Because it just it never, ever stops. The, 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 it's not, it's, it's like a, it's like a spider web. It's not networking. It's a spider web. It, it, it's you're, you build that spider web and you keep building it. Right. Right. Because every, everywhere along, you know, maybe you're not even around. And, and somebody touches your spider web and you, oh, you get that little tingle because someone's talking about you and hopefully in a good way because you've made a good impression on them. You've inspired them or, or you, you've chatted with them. And because it's a small community of artists that are actually working at any given time in LA or New York or Chicago or, or, or any of these communities. And, and people talk and people remember who you are and your words matter. Your, your, you know, what you say to other people matters. Um, how you treat other people on set matters. Being humble matters. Admitting no when you are wrong, admitting when you fail. All of that matters. Respect is earned. It, it's not just given out of the bag, uh, out, of the, out of the gate. And so that transition for me really started when I was like, I, I really need to get my stories out there and do other things. Um, the first thing we did with my wife was a, a film called Dirt Eaters. I, I, should, I should send you the link. Um, and it, even though yeah. it's a story about about a, a people that eat dirt, literally, like right. dirt, really artsy in that sense. That really wasn't what it was about. It was about uh, about a young boy having to accept the theology of his father. And to everyone else in the world, eating dirt is stupid. Why are you eating dirt, right? right. I mean, to, to the father, he wanted to teach his son, like, no, this is what we do. We eat this dirt to get the minerals or whatever. It's just what we do. And then the son wants nothing to do with that. I mean, so those themes, it was father and son themes. Um, those kind of stories are there. It doesn't matter. I mean, that's universal. How can we connect to those stories? Um, and I just, I, I do a lot of comedy and I love all of that stuff. But it seems like when I produce and when I direct, we lean more towards drama because nice. we start getting into these like heartfelt things. We start getting into like the real, even though there's comedy in it, we get into like the realness of these universal themes. Acceptance is a big universal theme for me. Father son stuff, coming of age stuff. That's what we. So we did a film. We, we I did a supervising producer role. I, I produced something called Broken um, about someone with um, schizophrenia, and that show was was huge. It was a six episode show, um, and it ended up getting two primetime Emmy nominations for our two leads, and. You know, we talked a lot about it in that in that process, just about what are we doing this for? Like we right. we, we aren't just creating this art. We're we're putting stigmas out there possibly because we're we're portraying someone with schizophrenia. That's a responsibility. So we need to put anywhere you watch this show, you'll see that there are, are uh, mental health hotlines that we link to, for example. So if someone is either triggered by what we do, or someone needs help, or someone has a friend that needs help, they're able to reach out on the hotline, for example. But anyway, I, I just feel like transitioning to producerial roles and directing stuff. I mean, obviously, I like the control of that, but I just like that the themes we can explore, uh, I, I just get to dive into it. I'm a little older now than I was. I mean, obviously, when I started. Whoa. Whoa. Sorry, guys. Sorry about that. Oh, okay. I think yeah. it kicked me off. I was in a big passionate moment. <laughs> Turn off your ringer, man. Turn off your ringer. Um, you, you know, I. I don't know. I'm just attracted to those kind of stories. Then the next story that um, hopefully, hopefully this pandemic will end uh, that we have lined up is uh, a story about a transgender teen 
um, that is uh, living in Arkansas, like growing up in Arkansas. And um, it's a little superhero origin story. So right. um, he is, uh, it, it, it's these stories that I'm attracted to really. Even though I keep getting cast in comedy stuff, all the, all the stories you're producing seem to be these heartfelt stories. Well, uh, was your wife, was she the DP? Because you did, uh, you produced Teenagers Walking to a Bar. Uh, yeah. Right? Did your wife DP that as well? Yeah, she did. She did. That's something else. The the, the, the five teenagers that walk into a bar, that's something we shot last year Right. Um, that just started doing the film festival circuit now, even though it's hampered with, of course, COVID. A lot of these film festivals got canceled. Right. Um, we have high hopes to turn that into a feature as well. We're nice. super close to having that turned into a feature. Um, and yeah, my wife DPs a lot of the stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm so proud of her. She just shot something for the Biden campaign, which was this really cool. I'll send this to you as well. Really Good stuff. Can't wait to see it. Like yeah. These women that are, um, they're like doing the like Rosie Riveter thing. They're like, do this. And there's like, oh, yeah, right, 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 right. Like this. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. I'm so proud of her. Okay. So she got a call. You know how the phone just interrupted us right now? Right. Same thing. I was doing some of the phone rings. Ignore it. Whenever she comes in, she's like, shows me the text. She's going to kill me for telling us. She goes, they want me to go. She goes, they want me to go film Michelle Obama. And I, was, I was like, what? I was like, what are you doing? I grab the phone and we're looking through the text. I'm like, is this real? Like, we're going to go film this thing. So we say, yes, of course. Like, we'll film it. Oh my gosh. We're so excited to film Michelle Obama. They said, okay, be there at such and such time. Well, it was in Martha's Vineyard or whatever. It was like way in the East Coast. Right. And the one restriction was the Obamas didn't want anyone to fly in. You had to drive. Right. There was no possible way for us to drive from LA to the East Coast oh, in man, 24 yeah. hours to film this. Yeah. Well, that piece ended up being huge. It was it was basically Michelle Obama's final call um, out to people to to not vote for Trump, to basically to vote for Biden. Um, and it was a big piece that went you know totally viral just what about a month ago, like right before the election. Yeah. Um, but anyway, my wife is. That's all I'll say. She is awesome. I love her so much. Nice. I, mean, go, I believe you. In here yeah. Yeah. She she is an inspiration. She really is. Is is your is your wife there now? She maybe she can step in for a second and say hello. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let, I can get her. I, you want to yeah, see her? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Look, look, it's FaceTime. You're on FaceTime. Look, hey. what's up, little man? Hey, oh, hey. Uh, hey, Aida, nice to meet you. Wife Elizabeth. This is Hi, Brad, Elizabeth. Hey Hi, Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah. Great, great. That's great like a family, you. man. This is Riley. Thank What's you. What's up, Riley? Riley. <laughs> Hi, Riley. Oh, <laughs> Good yeah. stuff. This is Beautiful. fantastic. <laughs> Beautiful. This is the family, yeah. Oh, I Beautiful. love it, man. Beautiful. This is the photo we should take right here. Oh, you want to do it? Okay. So yeah, yeah, go ahead. Liz, how do I do it? How do I take a screenshot? See, I have to rely on I know, you. right? All right. No, isn't no. it? Come oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, click. Oh, yeah. This. Here. Yeah, All right, just that's it? That. Just click that. All right, here yeah. we go. All right. Did it work? Did it work? I think so. All right, we got it. Awesome. All right. Great. Oh, no, here we go. <laughs> 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 All right. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely got one. We definitely got one. All right, one. cool.
I, re- I really appreciate you guys talking to me. I, I've, I think that going back to worth, it, it, it's, it feels when I, I was joking, but not joking. I don't feel worthy to, to chat about myself because, right. but, but that's, that's what it's all about. We have to stop. And moments like this, we stop and take stock of like, no, you know, I, I have worked really hard to try to get where I'm at. Maybe I still have a lot of ways to go. Maybe oh, I no still doubt. Yeah. a certain level, but you know, we do have worth as artists and as people, and we do need to interview and talk to each other and listen to each other and, and remind each other that we're not in a vacuum creating art, that we oh, no are, we're in a community creating art. What advice would you give to an artist, young artist looking to get into the field? What advice would you give them? Okay. Uh, besides, nice to meet you. The biggest, the biggest advice would be: you don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? You don't have the wheel is there. Use it. We have built a wheel for for thousands of years with 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 acting with art. We have, we have civilizations that we can reach back to. We have history of art that we can reach back to and, and, and get inspiration from. And, and we should do that. And so the very first piece of advice is explore that. Explore what that civilization is to you. What does that history mean to you? Where can you find that? Where are your roots in that? Because it's all there. It's in, maybe it's not your culture, it's someone else's culture you like. Maybe it's something over here that you like. You'll get inspired from that. So that means going to a museum. That means watching old movies. That means reading old books. That means reading plays from Greece, right? From Athens, Greece, whatever. Stuff that does you don't think is going to apply to you. You might be really, really surprised when you reach out beyond your own head sometimes. So that's one. And the number two, I would say keep a journal. Nice. I kept a journal every day since I was 15. And, <laughs> and some, of my, some of my best stories or whatever are from my own journal. I go can go back and, and see what I was doing when I was thinking in 17 years old and, right. and write some uh, some good stuff from, from that. That's fantastic, man. Hey, <laughs> it's been a pleasure, man. I got love for you, dog. I love you, dog. I love you too, Brad, man. It's so love. good to see you. Thank you so much for having me. It's, I'm really, really grateful to be on this and uh, really honored. Thank you. No doubt, no doubt. Well, until next time, for Brad Stevens and... Harold Dennis. <laughs> we'll talk to you when we talk to you. Peace. Peace. Yeah.